This is the Horse Radio Network. You're listening to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I spent over 35 years coaching collegiate equestrian teams. American Equestrian School, powered by ICL Academy, is the leading hybrid online private school tailored to junior equestrians grades 6 through 12. Get more time to train, travel, and compete. Plus, elite academics with equestrian coursework, high-excelling peers, character and leadership training, college and career guidance, networking and internship assistance, performance coaching and personal branding review, nationwide equestrian meetups, and mentorship from equestrian champions and experts. Go to www.americanequestrian.school. Welcome back, everyone, to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I've been talking to collegiate coaches and riders and organizations and affiliated organizations uh, about everything that uh, our listeners want to know. And um, today, I'm happy to have with me Jacqueline Tiley from the CHA, which is the Certified Horsemanship Association. And you've probably heard me mention the CHA in past podcasts. So I thought it was time that we had the expert on to ask her everything about CHA. Jacqueline is currently the interim CEO for the CHA. Her passion for horses led her to Colorado State University, where she earned her BS in equine sciences with an industry concentration. She moved to North Carolina and worked for the Girl Scouts and then eventually came back to Colorado, where she immersed herself in the world of therapeutic horsemanship and became a PATH Advanced Certified Instructor. Jacqueline has worked at programs in Colorado and Texas, teaching lessons to volunteers, riders with a wide range of abilities and disabilities, and worked as the equine specialist and horse handler for physical therapists, occupational therapists, and speech language pathologists during therapy sessions. Her heart has always been tied to promoting safe, professional, and effective interactions with horses, which is basically what this podcast is all about. And uh, in her role as the interim CEO, she could not be happier to provide leadership and support to the organization that started her career. So welcome, Jacqueline. Well, thanks, Sally, for the invitation. I'm really excited to be here representing CHA today. And we just recently met because I had the honor of being a speaker and I also had a booth at the CHA International Convention, which was a a collection or a group or a conference of riding instructors and others from all over the country. And it was at Middle Tennessee State University. If you remember, I um, talked to their coach, Ariel, but it was there at that amazing facility in Tennessee. And so that's where Jacqueline and I met. And um, so Jacqueline, tell us about the CHA. Tell, uh, why don't you start with the history and, and go into what it 
what it does today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, CHA was founded way back in 1967, and it started out um, as the Camp Horsemanship Association. Um, it was a way for those who started it to go ahead um, that ran camps, camp programs, summer camp programs, to evaluate the knowledge and ability of equestrian staff that they hired um, to help with their riding operations and teach lessons at their camps. And so um, they offered certifications for riding instructors at that time. Um, and then CHA has evolved over the years. Um, that is how we started out. Um, now CHA, as you said, stands for Certified Horsemanship Association because we do so much more than just um, certify riding camp instructors. Um, at that camp level. Um, we provide a standard English Western with flat work and jumping certification, which evolved from the initial camp certifications um, that individuals can get, and that's up to four levels. We provide um, seasonal equestrian staff certification, um, so trail guide um, instruction for four levels. We have a day ride trail guide um, Certification, we have uh, instruction for riders with disabilities certification as well. Um, we do seasonal equestrian staff, so that's a shorter one as well. Um, and then we have an equine facility manager certification. So not riding instructors, but this is anywhere from like kind of level one up to level four is stable workers and commercial facility managers. And that one even includes um, quite a bit about um, managing finances um, and our side of um, running equine facilities. Um, and then the other two um, that I haven't mentioned yet, we have a vaulting coaches certification and uh, drivers and driving instruction certification. So again, it has grown since 1967. <laughs> really? offers a lot of certifications. The other thing CHA does um, is provide educational materials. So if you're a member, be it an individual or a program member, um, and you go to our website, we have a lot of free resources. So you wouldn't necessarily have to be a member, but members also get discounts um, and have access to additional um, videos and educational right. um, opportunities via our website. So really providing certification in all these categories and education um, to help instructors stay safe and effective in their teaching is who we are. That is so great. First off, I knew about the instructor certification. I didn't know about the, um, what's it called? Equestrian manager? EFM, Equine Facility Manager Certification. It is amazing. That is great. And, and not something that I even thought was needed. However, I've been in a lot of barns in my life <laughs> and uh, we know that it is that it is needed. So who what type of facility or what type of operation is looking to get their um, barn managers and stable workers certified? That's a really great question. Um, when I first started, I've only been here with CHA for a couple of months. I really dug into it um, myself to look so I can tell you quite a bit about it. I'm excited about that certification. Um, I realized we have a number of universities, colleges that provide equine programs that partner with us um, in a couple of different ways. Some of them um, 
bring in and just do a closed certification so that their equine students coming out will have um, a certification that says they're an equine facility manager, not this their degree. So it partners well with nice. um, the universities that have really nice, strong equine programs because to have that certificate when they come out is awesome. Um, on a very regular basis, there's many universities that that do it, um, some of them not every year, but um, two of the ones that do it very regularly are Houghton College and Colorado State University. Um, we've gone and done it at Texas A&M, at Middle Tennessee State University, at a variety of places, but um, those other schools I know do it very regularly, host it. Um, the other um, interesting thing is we do have um, equine businesses that host it. Um, Monty Roberts um, in Southern California, their folks actually, um, it looks like there have been sometimes where they've done it almost every year. Um, and so they have folks come through their join up program and get educated there. And they then will bring in two EFM CHA equine facility manager certifiers and host um, the testing and have people come out of that with CHA certification um, as well, because they're doing the educational components um, that really mirror very nicely with um, what we encourage people to have everything again from working with horses safely that the baseline is putting on a halter safely. Yeah. Um, and again, the top level is being able to present and speak on things like um, finances, um, balance sheets, um, <laughs> P&Ls. What does it look like? And how do you explain that to your stakeholders? And what does it mean? Um, and then the HR component as well. So um, oh. it, it's really a full gamut of things. And again, everywhere from university students to um, programs that have their own educational system, but would like their um, folks to come out with a certification at the end, really partner well with this. So how before, I, I wanna talk about the instructor levels and, and how the actual certification works, but first talk about how many um, riding instructors are current <clears throat> members. And do you have a number of how many CHA is certified through the years, 1967. I mean, back in the day, I started out mm -hmm. my, I started out working at a camp and I had to get my, you know, I had to go and, and <laughs> get my camp horsemanship yep. association. Yep. And now, now we use it in my athletic equestrian league. We use the, the composite manual for all of our information for our unmounted practicum. So what, just tell me numbers, whatever numbers you have. Right. So um, CHA, usually we're around, um, we're just over 3,500 certified active members um, in all 50 states. We have members um, and we have some of our instructor members as well in Canada because we are international. Um, and so we reach into that area. Um, we conduct pre-COVID, we were up to around 90 certifications a year. We're right now just over 60, I believe, this year. Yeah. So we're we're coming back up um, right out of post-COVID. We were, our first year post, when everybody started traveling again was about 40. So we're, we're coming back up again um, to kind of the peak. Um, I know, I wish I could tell you exactly how many uh, yeah. over all the years, but 
Um, I'll have to search that one out so I can share that in the future. But I'm sure it has been because if you think about reaching, you know, close to 90 certifications, yeah. maybe averaging more like 60 um, a year, yeah. and there's anywhere from like eight to 10 individuals at a certification. Yes, that number over 55 years. Yes. Um, is probably just even to estimate is very large. So um, it is exciting. And CHA has provided a really important service for a long time. Right. So talk about the, um, uh, you know, and, and even though, I mean, uh, on the surface, this might not seem like it's um, applicable to our students, but it actually is. If, if a lot of our listeners are (laughs) looking to major in, equine studies and, and looking to be riding instructors and barn managers and, and all the things affiliated with it. So talk about the, the certification process and the different levels and, um, uh, that sort of thing. All right. Um, and you would, I'm going to throw out another number. Um, right now this year, we have four, uh, just over 440 program members as well. So it's not just about certified instructors. It's about the um, places that they're working as well. Great. Um, that promote them. But um, as far as our basic English and Western instruction, um, that certification, um, and most of our certifications do run five days. Um And the reason that they run over a number of days is because it is a testing situation. So it's a certification. It's there is education involved in it, um, but individuals need to come ready um, to test. It is not a clinic. Um, We really have shifted our terminology in the last year to help make it clear that it's a testing, not an education. Okay. Okay. Um, because there were people who are coming to CHA clinics thinking, oh, this is educational in nature. Yes, there are educational pieces because when you come in um, and you sign up, you show up, um, the first thing that you do, usually it's going to be a new site unless you're testing in your home location um, and you're lucky, they'll go and walk you through um, a tour of the facility to get you comfortable um, because you're going to be living and teaching there. Um, and the certifiers um, actually do look at a lot of your information that is sent in ahead of time to have a sense of what kinds of topics they are hoping that you will teach um, while you're there that they'll be scoring you on. But in those first couple of days, they're doing a lot of assessment to decide, oh, Jacqueline Tiley, you said you feel you're a level three, three, um, but we've seen you. And (laughs) so we might not let you teach. Oh, simple change of leads because it might not be safe because the whole idea behind certification is to keep everybody safe and at at a level that's appropriate. Um, We don't want to put people in an unsafe situation because that's who we are. Um, So again, so there are four levels. People come in, they get um, assessed, they get acclimated. There's a written exam and the written exam does help. Now, everybody is different. Some people do better in the hands-on portion. Some Mm -hmm. people do better in the written, Um, but you do have to test, you know, really reasonably close at at the level that you're going to be certified at both in the written test and in the hands-on. So um, they do the written test and then they make assignments, initial assignments for the first couple of days um, of of testing. And then they do a midweek assessment and meet with 
each individual that's going through the certification, the certifiers, and then we'll make additional assignments um, at that time and go ahead and be like, oh, well, you've done so well so far. And now we're going to give you a level three and or level four um, topic that you need to teach. And so um, really looking at people again, as you said, against our levels. So one through four, um, we also have an assistant instructor level. So if you're not quite ready and you're really just starting your journey, you can still get a certification um, where you are going to be mentored by others, um, but still walk away with that. So um, level one is is really a very basic walk, really some starting to to trot. Level two um, is a lot more um, walk trot work level three starts to get up to more canner work and level four, you're doing things like um, change of leads and jumping and level three has some basic jumping in there. Um, So that's on a very small scale. If you go to the CHA website, there's pages about what's included in each piece. But as far as a short overview, those are really the basic things. And CHA teaches English and Western. So, you know, all disciplines, all breeds. And so um, people can come in, maybe they are going to get a level two English, but a level three Western. Okay. Um, So it's possible, um, you know, to go through that and have both, but maybe you are really comfortable teaching jumping, but you're just not comfortable with some of the terms and different things related to Western. So you might have Mm -hmm. a, a three, four, three Western, four English. Um, So it's possible to be at different levels in those different seats. Um, So that's kind of, I guess there's so much to it, but in a nutshell, that's how the process works. At the very end of the certification, um, the certifiers sit down and do exit interviews um, and review with folks, you know, this is where you are. This is what we're recommending. Then it comes back to the office and gets a seal of approval and is official. Um, based on what we have seen over the five, six days that we've been together. Um, And it's not just the certifiers giving feedback throughout. I think this is where people feel like it is educational in nature, right? I could be out there teaching in the arena. um, And then at the end, those that are participating of my lesson are going to give feedback. And so giving feedback is part of it as well. So that's being evaluated at the same time. So if I give really good feedback on a lesson that you taught Sally and asked a lot of questions, um, you know, that could show my knowledge and understanding um, of something that I wasn't out there teaching. Um, And the certifiers take all of that into consideration. And are there manuals? Like how do the instructors getting tested know what to study or what to have prepared? That's excellent. Um, Yes, CHA has um, a composite manual as well as individual manuals for each um, of those levels. And prior to the certification, once you sign up, pay, and you're registered, you'll go ahead and receive those materials to help you prepare and make sure that you're ready um, when you come. So you have an idea of Oh, I'm comfortable teaching to this level. So really you should go in knowing, having an idea of where you fall um, within that level system. Um, And same for our equine facility manager. I mean, we send materials out prior to all of the certifications so that those coming in um, are ready um, to go, ready to hit the ground running. Right. 
And um, the the specialized ones, you said there was vaulting and driving. Are those <laughs> yep. the only two specialized? Um, I think we even count our IRD instructors of riders with disabilities oh, as a right. specialty. So, um, right. and all, and then we have the the trail ones, the right. seasonal, um, and then equine facility managers. So, yeah. Right. I guess if and you're how, right, there's vaulting, driving, and IRD. Yeah. And how does IRD differ from the path? The 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 I I'm gonna say big organization because right. I think <laughs> I think that's the right term. Yeah. Um our IRD is different. There are people out there, and some of our certifiers hold path certification as well. Um, they are different. Um our IRD when they first started out, um was done in tandem with our English Western. So it was a really long certification, Mm -hmm. Um, but it has become its own standalone because many people are doing are that are working with that population may work just with riders with disabilities. Um, And it has, doesn't have four levels. It has three plus an assistant level. So um, I guess you could say it does have four levels, but um, has an assistant level and then it has one, two, and three. So it does differ a little bit. Um, and we also look at working with, um, we break out working with writers that have cognitive issues as well as writers with physical issues, um, because it is very different. Working right. with writers with physical issues has a whole nother component as far as many of them have m- much more serious challenges mounting or dismounting. Um, and that is one of the areas that we do actually spend some time with the um, individuals who are going through certification um, and really kind of review the safety components um, of mounting and dismounting because it's one of the more complicated pieces in working with riders with special needs. Right. And um, so so <laughs> there it sounds like there's two ways to get certified. There's the, you go to a, a barn that's hosting it and, or you're part of a, when you said close. So if uh, uh, St. Andrews University is having a certification for their riders, it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be open to the public or to other. Right. Sometimes the universities choose to go that route um, and it does allow them to, um, sometimes have a few more individuals go through, but, um, but there are a lot of other pieces that a checklist that we have that we review with them to make sure um, that they meet all the criteria that their students are going to receive all the things they need. Um, So they still contract. It is, it's just closed and available to students. So you could say we have a a college route, right? (laughs) Um, and the process is the same. I mean, they're still tested on all the same things. They still have to sit for a written exam, um, all of that. Um, however, it's just not open to the public. Right, right. So, and yes. for for the ones that are open, what um, what kind of price range? And do you, do you have to pay an amount to get if you want to get tested in two in English and two and three in Western, like, do you have to pay, just talk briefly about the pay structure. (laughs) That's a really good question. So um, if you go to an EWI, which is our standard English Western um, with flat work and jumping certification, um, 
you are going to be tested and assessed on all of those pieces. So it's just one fee for that certification and you can walk away with, you know, level two in this level three in this, um, that's, that's the way that one goes. Um, as far as the fee structure, um, the fee structure is, is dependent on the, um, facility, um, the facility puts their budget together, um, and goes in and sets that, um, if you are doing a certification in Canada, those tend to, um, cost a little bit more. We work really closely with, um, the folks, um, in Canada and they do all generally do a lot of their, um, registration on their own. Um, and we send things electronically and whatnot, just because it has become much more complicated in the new world that we live in, um, to, to send things. But, um, if it's a certification here in the U S that a program is hosting, um, I mean, I've seen anywhere from a lot of the certifications are running. Um, sometimes I've occasionally seen just under $800, but a lot of times now we're seeing somewhere between eight and $900. Okay. Um, and that includes, you know, meals over those days. Some of the programs actually, um, some camps, which is wonderful, have another option and they'll even include a discounted lodging because they can, and they can do it right on site. So right. some of them sometimes will be a little bit more because they can include that, but they do have to include meals right. um, and things like that. So um, it does include a whole lot. It's basically a week away right. um, with all, all things included to get certified. And most of them, if you go to CHA.horse, um, and you go to the certification dropdown, which is right in the middle of the top of our screen. Um, you can look at them by month. Um, you can look at them by type of certification. You can search, um, and the large majority, um, that, that fee comes straight through our office. There are a few places that because of their business setup or something have to take, um, payment directly through the host site. Um, but all the information is right there on the website. Okay. And, you know, I, I've been saying throughout my career, I'm, you know, I, I did the um, USHGA coaches certification. I did the American Riding Instructors Association certification, but I always say you need a license to cut hair, but you don't need a license to put a child (laughs) on a thousand pound horse. So is CHA also working with, I don't know who, the government? I don't even know how you would begin to do that. But are you working with the, and sorry to just throw this at you and not tell you this ahead of time, but are you working with other, because I, I think that your mission is so great. And really the only reason I never did it was except for back in the day in the 80s, right? Was because I had to go away for five days. But what what is CHA doing in partnership or alone to to try to get this on the you know of official certifications that are required? Yep. yep. Um, I think a lot of it is educating people. Um, I think it is hard. There isn't really, in all honesty, kind of like one body that manages all all things. As you said, you listed off a lot of different things that you have held over time, um, certifications as a coach. Um, 
And in the equine world, all the breed associations kind of do their own professional mm. horsemanship um, mm. piece as well. Um, and so I would say we are not working with like one entity because there really isn't one entity right. out there. Honestly, the government, um, there isn't an entity within the government that would yeah. really get uh, who all of, all of us are in the horse world and what we do. Um, I will say CHA is a member and is very involved with the American Horse Council in yes. Washington, D.C. Yes. And so we are active participants on many of the initiatives and things that the American Horse Council promotes and does. Um, and they promote all of those equine breed associations um, and different different facets of the equine industry. Um, you know, they are there on Capitol Hill um, yeah. advocating for the equine industry. Um, and again, they do promote um, the same ideas about safety and keeping animals and people safe and spaces available for all of us. Um, so I guess there isn't an easy answer to your yeah. question, Sally, yeah. but we are very involved. Um, and one of the other things that CHA does, and I did um, right before I went to conference, um, I talked to um, uh, someone who's working on an article for Horse and Rider about what do you look for when you're sending your kid to camp? Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's kind of the same conversation I feel like I've had for over so many years um, in my equine association time. Um, because before CHA, I worked for other equine associations um, heavily in equine assisted activities. But people always say, how do we find a, an appropriate place to take yeah. our, our able-bodied child, right? So yeah. anybody or for myself. Um, and to me, I've always worn that CHA hat and said, go take a look at it. If you can't go physically look at it online, does it look like the people are safe? Are they wearing helmets? helmets? Are they right? To yeah. me, that's the first question. Do they have helmets available? Yes. Are the kids wearing helmets? Absolutely. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, we just, as an organization, really promote that across every conversation and every discipline we work with and every breed we talk to, um, really just promote it. And I think, you know, we'll continue to do that if one day something happens and changes and there is an organization out there um, within the government, that would be the right one to talk to. Um, we will, but in the meantime, we work really hard to partner and educate, um, across breed associations and disciplines. Great. Great. So in our, our final few minutes here, talk about you and, um, how you started riding and also your college search. Oh, those are all good questions. Go, go um, back. <laughs> go back to the beginning. Um, well, I will tell you, I grew up outside of the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and um, we didn't, for whatever reason, the, the city I lived in, there wasn't a whole lot of like, um, I wish some days that we had, I wasn't right. really in the country, I was in the city. We didn't have um, 4-H right there. We didn't have FFA. Um, right. But I was a crazy kid and loved horses and found um, things to get connected to. Um, and it is interesting because my first riding instructor actually has her degree from Colorado state university. So that's how Colorado okay. State University got on my radar. Okay. Um, but I didn't start riding until I was like nine years old. Um, and, but I dove into it wholeheartedly and that was the end of it. I was like, I will find a career. I will. Yep. And of course my family thought I was crazy, especially yep. way back then. Yep. Um, 
there's, you know, you can't find, find a job here. I am so many years later. Um, right. I've worked in the equine industry for quite some time and had some amazing jobs. Um, but I think as a kid, I did a lot of camps. I was a Girl Scout. So I did a lot of Girl Scout camps, um, which ultimately, as I left college, brought me to my first um, job where I worked at a camp in North Carolina, Kiawe Program Center, um, the year they opened their equine program. So started that from the ground up. Um, But it was during my college search, I think I thought, oh, the only way to work with horses is I must be a vet. I'm going to have to be a vet, large animal. That's that's my story too. Right. Like, is that the only way to have a, have a, um, have a prosperous career? Right. That's sort of what people said though, back in the day was like, "Eh, I guess the only way to make any money in the horse industry is to, to start with a lot of money and then make less, have less money, or (laughs) you're going to have to go through all this schooling and be a vet. But, um, I looked at schools. I looked at UC Davis. I looked at, um, schools in Oregon. I looked at schools in Minnesota that had a lot of schools that had different equine, um, clubs and teams. Most of them didn't have a degree. When I came to Colorado State University to visit and I realized that, oh, I could actually get a degree in equine science, I thought. And when my um, coach who I grew up with said, gosh, I don't even have a degree in equine science. My degree is in animal science, but I went there because of their equine clubs and programs. Um, So, and I just fell in love with the city. So that's how I ended up at CSU. Um, But I feel like, I've always promoted um, all of the different colleges and universities, especially probably in the last 15 years when I was more at the association level, because there are some great universities um, out there. And my feeling is the same thing, you know, to say to kids who are looking, go investigate, look, Mm -hmm. look at what makes you feel like you're at home because you're going to be building relationships that are going to help you find jobs and those are people you're going to want to network and be connected to over the right. next 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life. Um, so make sure you're building those relationships while you're in school and you get involved in the different opportunities and clubs and programs and internships. It, my summer internship um, in North Carolina at the Girl Scout camp that had just gotten an endowment um, and started their equine program from the ground up. Wow, now, fun. Right now is year round. They do archery on horseback there. They do all right. sorts of fun things. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, it's those internships too. I know AQHA, APHA, a lot of the associations offer great internship opportunities um, as well um, as, you know, farms and ranches. Um, and again, summer camps, um, that's kind of how I got my start as a right. CHA instructor at a camp. Yep. And yep. then, um you know, much later on, here I am again, promoting safety um, and connecting with camps. So, right. Wow. So I, uh, um, I know you're busy. You've recently taken over this job, but what do you like to do besides your job? <laughs> um, well, it is, it's always hard when you jump into something new, there's always a lot to learn. Um, but I really have been lucky this summer. Um, because I, I started mid-July um, and we still, my family, I have a husband and two children. My son is 16. My daughter is 13. Okay. Um, they do not always like the peace and quiet of the mountains, but we love to go. Uh, and we have a place that we stay up um, on the Poudre River 
Um, and we're here very in Colorado. Quiet. Yep. Sorry. We are here in Colorado and it's yeah. beautiful and quiet. Um, so we did spend some time there this summer. It's not as easy to get to in the winter because of snow and windy right. roads. Right. Um, but, you know, I also spend a lot of time with my kids and their activities. My daughter plays volleyball. So I've been recently spending a lot of time um, on the court cheering. Right. Um, and my son is really involved in music. He actually hopes to be a music teacher one day. And so I spend a lot of time supporting him um, in his theater endeavors and nice. um, in different choral programs, both at school and outside. So in a nutshell, that's where my extra time goes. Got it. Got it. Well, thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thank you for uh, coming on and telling us all about CHA and a little bit about you. Well, thanks for having me, Sally. I really appreciate it. And if folks have questions, you can just go to the CHA website. It's easycha.course. Casanova College is a small co-educational college located in upstate New York, offering a liberal arts and professional studies education with over 35 academic programs. Our 240-acre equine education center is home to the nationally ranked intercollegiate equestrian team and the IACBE accredited equine business management program. Our equestrian team is one of the best in the region with a long history of success at intercollegiate and rated competitions in hunter seat, western horsemanship, reining, and dressage. The team competes in IHSA and IDA-sanctioned events. Our world-class equine facility houses over 70 horses, a large heated indoor arena, multiple grass and sand outdoor riding arenas, and turnout paddocks. For more information, visit www.casanovia.edu slash cas-equine. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Equestrian Podcast. If you'd like more information on this podcast or any of our other podcasts, you can contact me at athleticequestrian at gmail.com. This podcast was produced by Jack Boyata and the music is by Kitcher.